morning. Today's scripture reading is from Ephesians 4, 25-32. Dès lors, plus de mensonges. Que chacun dise la vérité à son prochain. Ne sommes-nous pas membres les uns des autres Emportez-vous, mais ne commettez pas le péché. Que le soleil ne se couche pas sur votre colère. Il ne faut pas donner prise au diable. Que celui qui volait ne vole plus. Qu'il prenne plutôt la peine de travailler de ses mains, au point de pouvoir faire le bien en secourant les nécessiteux. De votre bouche ne doit sortir aucun mauvais propos, mais plutôt toute bonne parole, capable d'édifier quand il le faut, et de faire du bien à ceux qui l'entendent. Ne contristez pas l'Esprit Saint de Dieu, qui vous a marqué de son sceau pour le jour de la rédemption. Aigreur, emportement, colère, clameur, outrage... Tout cela doit être extirpé de chez vous avec la malice sous toutes ses formes. Montrez-vous au contraire bons et compatissants les uns pour les autres, vous pardonnant mutuellement comme Dieu vous a pardonné dans le Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Hey, welcome. My name is Brian Newby. I'm the pastor at Trinity Baptist Church, and I am so thankful that you're here with us today. If you're new to Trinity or maybe you're new to Christianity and just kind of checking things out, I want you to know I'm really glad that you're here. I think that this is a great way in very difficult times to grapple with some of the things that God's Word shares with us that actually apply to all of us, no matter where you're coming from. Now, we've started in the last few weeks talking about ways that we have actually been caring for our community, and um, it's looked a lot of different ways, like supporting local homeless Uh, shelters and ministries that care for some very vulnerable people during this uh, very difficult time. We've uh, supported medical workers in various ways. We've supported um, immigrant families with ways to be able to buy food at the grocery store. And you know what? One thing that we're doing this week that is just exciting and God opened up the door for is for us to be giving uh, masks and some important critical PPE to Uh, the hospital workers that are within our own community, um, within our church, and more broadly than that as well, in just this effort for, for all of us in very tangible and practical ways, live out the mission and heart of Jesus in the community that we're in. And, and I hope that you get a chance to participate and find ways that you can be pitching in during this time. And again, you can check our website for that as well. Now, Uh, we've been going through this quarantine series and kind of the premise of this, we're taking a break from maybe our, our typical study, like we studied through the book of John uh, last fall, we studied through the book of Proverbs and then Ecclesiastes, and we're doing a bit of a pivot right now where we're calling, this is our kind of a quarantine series, where we're dealing with matters that frankly all of us are, are um, affected by in, in one way or another. We've talked about things like anxiety and how Anxiety is just this, this kind of fear, uh, an, an unnamed and unknown, and it can control our lives. What does God's Word have to say about that? How can we kind of live in a way that, that manages that with, with grace and with wisdom? We've talked about grief. This is a time for grief where there are so many losses that have piled up all around us. The cumulative effect is just... Uh, really hard to even describe or manage at this point. And so what does it look like to go through an intentional process of grieving? And what does God's Word have to say about that? Last week, we talked about loneliness. 
And there, there's people in all sorts of different situations in this, or some who are changing, like myself, who was alone for five and a half weeks, you know, dealing with what do you do when you're feeling lonely? What is, does God care about that? What do we do about that? Um, and then this week, what we're doing is we're actually talking maybe a little bit of the opposite end of last week, where it, it might be that you're feeling lonely because you're, you're by yourself. Um, you know, this week we're actually going to talk about the idea of combating combativeness, particularly in communication. And if you missed any of our previous uh, ones, maybe this is your first time tuning in, I'd encourage you to, to go back and watch some of those and to um, click like and subscribe on these videos so you can catch up with the latest of what's happening. Now, when we talk about this communication week, we have to recognize that this is just such a challenging time for all of us in communicating. And that could be between husbands and wives. That could be between parents and kids, most definitely. Um, it, but that doesn't even have to stop there. It could be through friendships. It could be maybe you're staying with some sort of an extended family during this time. And and all of us know that, that for some reason that we'll talk about, it just creates so much pressure on communication right now that things can go really off-road really fast. In fact, one of the most disturbing things that, that has come out from this time, uh, this social experiment that no one wanted to be in, was that actually communication and just interpersonal tension has gone through the roof during this and with some really tragic outcomes. So they had, the city of New York has, has tracked that domestic violence uh, reports and phone calls have gone up 30% just in the month of April. 30% increase in people who are reporting um, domestic violence and domestic abuse. And, and I have to say, if, if you're in a situation where you think that you or a loved one may be experiencing domestic violence, please uh, reach out for help. The city has multiple resources. Um, if you're not sure how to find that, feel free to contact us at Trinity and we'll pass along those people who can help. Um, what we're talking about today isn't that dramatic, um, horrific domestic abuse situation, but we are talking about the same pressure cooker that's creating those outcomes is actually creating havoc for, for a lot of us. I mean, all of a sudden, you, you find yourself in close quarters with maybe people that you absolutely love, but you can only love for so long, right? It's kind of like, you know, we, we all have seen friends, but we kind of need some time away. We, we all appreciate spouse or kids or extended family, but when you can't get away, tensions rise. Now, we, uh, we want to talk about this and, and just recognize the really important and critical work of what it means to communicate well, and, and not this sort of posture that that I, you know we're having these flare-ups and we're just kind of clawing at each other and and it really doesn't solve anything it just leaves everybody hurt and disappointed and what does the bible actually have to say about this well we we want to turn to the book of proverbs this morning because proverbs has so much to say uh, about the tongue about our words and about the power of those words and i want to read you just a few verses from proverbs 16 on this proverbs 16 says this Verse 23, the heart of the wise makes his speech judicious and adds persuasiveness to his lips. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Now, Proverbs starts by, by recognizing this, you know, that 
whole thing, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me, is just so wrong, so incredibly wrong, because some of the most painful things that we can have in our lives are these tapes of things that people have said to us. Maybe it's from childhood, maybe it's from just an hour before clicking on this video, right? Then when people say these things, that, that can go down so deep. But Proverbs says the reverse is also true, right? That your words can be an incredible gift. They, they can be like honey, um, which in this, in this day and age, um, they didn't have Dylan's candy shop, right? Honey was the sweetest thing you had around. It could be like the thing that everybody wants, that everybody's fighting over over the dinner table because it, it's, so, it's so valuable, it's so enjoyed, it's such a good thing that your words can actually give an incredible amount of life and joy and, and shape a person's reality, particularly if you're someone who's in close quarters, if you're someone who has influence in others' lives. It's like parents, you have a giant megaphone and whatever you're saying, whether you intend it to or not, is magnified. The good is, is magnified and the bad is magnified. And Proverbs says this, that the, the wise person is one who has prudent speech, that, that prudent and judicious words will actually go just so incredibly far. You can shape somebody's reality for the good through the words that you speak. And when we talk about this idea of, of judicious or prudent words, we're meaning that you're thinking of the long term. Right, prudent is I, I'm factoring in my actions now and the effects that they're going to have down the road. And so I'm going to make my decision in light of that. Compare that to, right, this sort of emotional flare up where all of a sudden I'm, I'm really upset and I just wanna win in the moment, okay? That's where we really get off track and where our words can turn from this, this beautiful sweet thing that could be like honey, that could be health to the bones. I mean, it can literally bring life to somebody. And when we lose sight of that long-term, hey, we're here because of the relationship, we're here because of the connection that we have, or because of the grace and humility that we've received, we wanna be uh, people who give that as well. When we lose that, that prudent thought process, when we lose that judicious use of our words, and we, we get stuck in the short term, I wanna win the argument, um, I, I don't want to feel embarrassed, so I want to turn on you and make you feel embarrassed. Or I just want you to do what's easy for me. I want you to behave. I want you to fix it. Whatever it is, that, that short-term view can, can just uh, wreak havoc in our lives. In fact, look at what it says later um, in the chapter. Uh, verse 27, a worthless man plots evil and his speech is like a scorching fire. A dishonest man spreads strife. And a whisperer or someone who, who's a gossip, they just they like telling other people's stories for them, right? That a whisperer can actually separate close friends. Proverbs says it like this, right? Words that are out of control. They can be like this deep healing that, that we receive um, if it's done well, prudently, judiciously, with wisdom. But if it's out of control, if we're not, if we're not really out for what is um, gracious and wise, and we're out, we're out to win the day, or to, to love to tell a bit of gossip that we just heard, right? It can be like a scorching fire, something that just comes through and utterly burns everything to the ground. It, it could also be um, something that separates close friends. I mean, people who've walked together, they've lived life together, they've laughed, they've cried. I, I've, 
strong bonds that have formed over time. And if you're, if you're given to gossip, that you can actually destroy permanently relationships. Now, the, the Bible casts it like this. The words that you have and the words that you choose to say that come out of your, your heart, that come out of your thoughts, that they will either build up those around you or they're going to tear them down. Um, very, very little of it is, is neutral, particularly with the ones that we love. So, so how do we do it well? Because right now, there, there's so many pressures going on that what we want to do is just kind of act out, even if it's not about the situation at hand. Um, even if it's not about how do the dishes go in the dishwasher, which by the way, there is a right way to put it in, okay? There's absolutely a right way. But, but it's not really about the dishes, is it, right? It is the big goal in life to, to be right about how things go in the dishwasher? No, but, but we're, so, we're in such a pressure cooker right now that somehow that can seem like, like maybe an outlet or, or short-term thinking like a win that I just wanna be right on. There, there is so much more involved in our communication than just in the moment wins. It's a preserving the relationships and giving life to those who are around us. To help us think through this um, and just maybe talk about some practical steps about not just that we can believe and, and trust that this is true from the book of Proverbs, but how do we maybe have some handholds on it in this very unique and very difficult situation? So let's check out this interview together. Hey, welcome everybody. It's my joy to introduce the most beautiful guest that we have had on this whole quarantine series, my lovely bride, Laura Newby, and our cat, Tchaikovsky, five points, if you can find where he is. Uh, Laura and I actually met at seminary where we were both students. She ended up graduating with her master's in biblical studies and is wrapping up a counseling degree right now. I'm really thankful that you're here with us today. Thank you. Thanks for being stuck with me in this apartment and practicing communication skills. And you know, we have had to practice that uh, quite often and we continue to practice it as well. Maybe just to start um, the discussion, let's talk about why does this seem so much harder right now than maybe communication was six months ago? Yeah. You know, we each have a window of kind of our optimal functioning where um, we can respond well to the challenges in our lives. We can think clearly. We can respond with intentionality, not just react when when stress comes. Um, but in a situation like this, stress has um, shrunk that window where things that maybe wouldn't throw us off before. It's extra challenging right now. And we tend to go in one of two directions. So either we have you know, anger, aggression, anxiety, we wanna either run or fight, or the opposite, we wanna freeze, space out, check out. Um, and for each of us that can look a little bit different, but it tends to be one of those two ways. And so if you've noticed yourself um, either overreacting to things or wanting to shut down and freeze lately more than you normally would. Um, welcome to the human race. That's so normal. And that's why we're talking about it today. Yeah. And you know, uh, there's a lot of times that, that we find ourselves doing this, or I'll just know for me that I find myself doing this, maybe having a reaction to something that frankly is it's pretty small and, and pretty petty. And at the end of the day, it's not really about whatever the issue is at hand. It's about something else kind of going on inside of us. What are some ways, you know, when we talk about finding ourselves out of that, that window of tolerance, when we're feeling um, really stressed, what are some ways that maybe we can 
recognize that and, and maybe bring it bring it down a notch to get back in that space where we can communicate well. Yeah. Well, I think it's really important to have self-awareness, um, just to be able to have grace on ourselves at this time, but also realize the people around us that maybe you're, I was going to say stuck with, but that you're living with at home right now, um, that, you know, they're also struggling. That whether it's your kids who are having some meltdowns or things that you thought you were over with parenting stuff, or it's a spouse or whoever that might be that you're struggling with, we're all not quite at our normal best selves right now. So we're, we're doing our best, having grace on ourselves. Um, but I think when we recognize that one of those two things are happening, uh, if you're in the middle of a conflict, a great thing to do would be to pause. That doesn't mean stonewall, shut down, cut the other person off, but it does mean, hey, we need to agree on a time to come back to this when we can actually be productive and connect with each other. Because if the goal in communication is to understand the other person and to connect emotionally with respect and grace, um, you're not in a place to do that right then. So maybe take a pause, calm down, reconnect with yourself, reconnect with God. I think that um, we are designed by God to be connected with ourselves, with him and with other people. And so when that conflict and disconnection is coming, prayer is a great first step, you know, ask God for his help to do what feels impossible at the moment when you're overwhelmed or frozen, that, that God would give through the Holy Spirit power to love well, to have grace, to be humble. Um, another thing is to journal. That's a great way to get different parts of your brain working together, um, to name your feelings, to process what you need so that then you can come back in a more productive way. Um, exercise is a great way to physically get back connected and kind of reset calm down some of the emotional storm that's going on um so that's just a few things but ways to yeah you know one thing i that. love about about framing it in this kind of context is really what we're saying is 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 winning the argument is not the goal no. <laughs> you know like we're and, and that's it's so tempting. that's so tempting it's so hard for me i cannot tell you how many times i just i want to win whatever the point is i, I want to be seen as right even if i know it's, it's silly at the time but, but there's a bigger goal at play and that's actually connection with the other person that however the topic ends up, whether you were right or they were right or you were 51% right and they were four and a half. At the end of the day, what, what you're really looking is to reconnect with people. Mm -hmm. And so to have that connection kind of before you get to anything else. Mm -hmm. um, so one other thing, if I can jump in, is right now we're talking about adult interactions and focusing on your own stuff first always a good principle in life. Um, but a great, really practical thing is to have a meeting when you're not mm, out of that yeah. window to then discuss what are our house rules? What's okay? Because, you know, things like, this is really basic, but yelling, name calling, um, overgeneralizing, you always, you never, uh, those things are not going to be okay. Interrupting, kind of just interrupted you, but I think it was for a purpose. You know, those things are not gonna help your communication. So if you can establish some ground rules while everyone's calm and try to practice those, that's really good. Um, and also things that you do wanna do, like honor the other person's perspective and validate the emotions, even if you disagree on how you see things. Or I'm gonna speak in I statements instead of blaming. I'm gonna say, this is what I feel, this is what I need. Like those are some really basic communication things that yeah. You know, there's a lot of resources you can find online about mm -hmm. some of these different communication tips that you can check out. But I, I think it really is critical to understand exactly what you said that in a non-tense time, because right. it's so tempting to, in the middle of it, be like, 
well, you're always casting blame. And well, now you're just scattering the topic all over it. And, and that, that's not actually helping anything. That's taking what, what should be a good tool and kind of turning it into a weapon to, to make the other person, you know, feel bad or respond in a certain way. So yeah, taking those times when you're in a good place to talk about, first of all, pulse check, how are we doing? And then what can we do better is, is important. Now, um, it is Mother's Day for most people watching this. Some will watch it later. But for Mother's Day, let's just talk for a moment about kids because a lot of people's worlds, if, if you have littles in the house, has just kind of turned upside down, particularly from school-age kids. Now, all of a sudden, you're not just parent, but you're maybe playmate and your teacher all wrapped in one, and there's a lot of stress with that. Um, talk to us just a second about maybe communication with kids and, and how to handle that well. So a basic principle that I've learned that is really helpful, but not always easy to practice, is connect before you correct. So um, it's really tempting, just like it is with adults, but it's really tempting when you're in parent mode and your kid is maybe overreacting or having a meltdown or something's not going well, uh, to start trying to reason and rationalize and explain things. And if you've been a parent very long, you know that doesn't work very well. Or to bring down a hammer and just declare yeah or here's the limit you're cut off you know um but to keep the relationship there even in the midst of the conflict is really important so what that looks like is especially if they're younger to get down on their level and to help calm down what's going on you need to bring the thinking brain this is really oversimplified but you need to bring the thinking brain back online and so some things that we've tried with our seven-year-old, uh, he really likes math. So if the emotions are in a big wave and he can't seem to get out of it and he's stuck, um, a great thing to do is give him a math problem and make him start thinking about something else. Uh, another thing can be, you know, if there's a picture on the wall, count how many colors you can see. Can you smell dinner cooking right now? What can you hear outside? Some sirens or something like that, you know, just start to bring the senses into the picture uh, can really help. I know that might sound a little bit strange, but getting the thinking mm -hmm. brain back online. Uh, the other really key skill that we've tried to practice a lot is um, helping them figure out what to do with their own emotions, which will look different as they grow up. Yeah. But uh, Dan Siegel has a great little phrase called name entertainment. And when we put a, a label, when we mm. put a word on that emotion, it helps calm it down mm. and we can figure out what to do with it. Um, so if your kids are really little, something we've used is on the fridge has been hanging an emotions chart with faces. So then it's like a menu. They don't have to come up with it out of their own on mind yet, but to recognize that's what I'm feeling or this is what I'm feeling. Yeah. That and, can you know, change the conversation. That can be helpful for kids or sometimes certain adults who need help naming yeah. kind of what they're feeling. Some of us like. didn't learn that early on and we're still figuring it out. And you know, I, I think really whether you're talking littles at home, teenagers, adults, this whole idea of really connecting before correcting that, that you're there for the relational connection. It's not about winning the argument. And there are times where you do need to come to resolution on something. It could be just for practical reasons. You have to come to an agreement. But uh, to do it in a place of connection and security will go just a world um, for making sure that the communication kind of happens well. And the ultimate goal, which is connection, will stay preserved kind of throughout the process. So, mm -hmm. well, thanks for being here and for being sure. stuck with me as well and practicing this. And thanks everyone for watching. Proverbs 16.24 says this, Gracious words are like a honeycomb.
sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Your words will build up those around you or they're going to tear them down. In this, in this really difficult time that, that all of us need grace in, I need grace in, Laura needs grace in, Elijah needs grace in. In fact, we, we often verbalize that. We'll say, hey, I need extra grace right now. Is that okay? Can, can everybody give me extra grace right now? And in hard days, we honestly, all three of us will say that, you know, multiple times within a given day. Um, we are incredibly dependent on, on the grace of God in our lives to both be able to receive that, to let the, the tensions come down, to think wisely, and to be able to be those who are giving grace to those around us. May you both receive the grace of God in your life, and may you use your words this week to be a part of bringing that grace and that life to others. Amen.